job they stood before God in the name of the people and they stood before the people in the name of God and each person each person we all have that same role our job is to stand before the people in our jobs and in our neighborhoods and our families and we do it in the name of Jesus as his body and then we also stand before God for people in intercession in prayer As followers of Jesus, we all have a role to play in the world. We are to represent Jesus to the world. Pastor Daniel will remind you today that you have the honor of being the hands and feet of the Savior to everyone you meet. And you also get to represent people to the Lord in prayer. You can and should be praying for the people you're meeting each day. Be the person in between. You could be the person who helps change a life. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Revelation chapter 5 as he continues his message, Worthy is the Lamb. He has redeemed us by his blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. Now, this, so much of how we should view life is seen right here, is that Jesus redeems from every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are Christians right now. This verse alone does away with every sort of racism, sexism, classism, all that stuff. It gets done away right here in this verse. Underline it, circle it, circle it in your neighbor's Bible. Listen, you're allowed to have pride in who you are and your background, but Jesus does not privilege one People, tribe, nation, or tongue. So it's a delicate balance to love where we live and love our people and root for our teams when they're in the World Cup or the Olympics and all that stuff and not move to the point where you think that Jesus loves us more than another person. Jesus redeems out of every nation. Every tribe, which is a group of people within that nation, Every tongue, a niche group within that tribe. All the people. The people of God is a multi-ethnic group. I mean, just look around the sanctuary. There's all, like, the different nationalities that we have here at Crossroads. It's a little slice of heaven. And God is interested in people no matter where they're born. And we need to make sure that in our views of people, we realize that Jesus redeems out of all the earth. And we do not have preferences for some people over other people. In Christ, we are one body. I've gotten the chance over the years to travel all over the globe. I've gotten to worship in so many different wild contexts. But what's amazing is, is everywhere I've ever been, when I'm at a church gathering, I'm there with my brothers and sisters. I remember when we were at Lynn and I, my bride, Obadiah was like one years old. So cool. Obadiah took his first uh, steps in, old, in the old city of Jerusalem. He had these little bunny slippers on. It's so cool. I'm like, man, you started walking where Jesus walked around. This is 
so righteous. But I remember we went to this a worship service, and it was amazing. The worship service was in Russian, it was in Arabic, and it was in Hebrew. The whole worship service. And I just remember I'm in this worship service. Now, here's the deal. I can barely speak English, right? So people are like, oh, you're Italian. You can speak Italian. No, I can't. If I'm speaking Italian, I'm saying things I shouldn't say. The only Italian words I heard growing up were curse words. <laughs> Other than food, you know, spaghetti and lasagna. I mean, I got all that. I'm cappuccino. I'm good. You know, but everything else is like, I don't know any Italian, right? But literally, I'm in this worship service, and they're literally worshiping in three different languages, and I'm overcome with emotion. Because I realized that this is what heaven looks like. I remember when we went out to Africa. And I remember worshiping with the, with the church in Kenya. Man. Pastor Mike was joking. Hey, he's like, hey, man, we should keep worshiping it. In Nairobi, they wouldn't stop, man. It's like literally, I think our drummer almost died when we were doing worship. Because they were like, well, I'm like, we're like, keep going. People were dancing and we're praising God. And literally, Jeremy, I love the drummer. He was just drenched. He was like, it was soaking wet. And he was just playing. He was playing. And we were just playing. It was just like, it was unbelievable. Because it's the praises of God rising up. I remember when I was in Peru, South America. I'll never forget it because we're in this little tent worshiping. And literally, we were like teaching the worship leaders how to tune their guitars. They didn't even know how to tune their guitars. You didn't even need the guitars tuned because Jesus was real in that moment. I remember worshiping in the fields in India, surrounded by cows. Like it was like, I'm like, this is, but everywhere you go, you're like, these are my brothers and sisters. This is my family. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with them. Now, in the same way, this is why, as a church family, we are absolutely committed not just to worship Jesus and reach our community. We're committed to reaching our world as well. This idea that Jesus has redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation is why we, as a church family, are committed. You know, love now. We have the L-O-V-E framework. The E is we want to engage the least engaged with the gospel. If you look at the map, the least number and least engaged people for the gospel go across northern Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and out into the Far East. It's, they call it the 1040 window, 10 degrees to 40 degrees on a map. You go right across it. It's got 98% of the unreached people groups in the world. There are people who don't even have the opportunity to hear John 3.16 in their own language. And as a church family, we are committed to changing that. We support missionaries in some of the most restricted places in the world. We can't talk about a lot of it because of security concerns, but I need you to be praying about it. Because in heaven, there will be people who have been redeemed from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people. And I can't wait for that day and people that come up to you and say, hey, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the Crossroads family and your generosity because your church sent missionaries into our community who brought the gospel. And we came to know Jesus because of that. As a church family, we realize God loves all the people on the globe. And really, as we have Jesus revealed to us and in us and through us, we begin to see people 
for who they are. Now, what's amazing is, and this is important, there's a lot of discussion, especially here in America, there's a lot of racial tension and racial reconciliation that's needed. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm colorblind. God isn't colorblind. It's interesting in heaven, they're still from different tribes. They're still from different nations. And God doesn't want us to be colorblind. God wants us to have a kaleidoscope of color in our world. And that's very powerful for us. Like when I get to heaven, I'm still going to be a hairy Italian dude. Like, this is what it is. Like, some of you, you're going to get to have it. I mean, we have resurrected. I wonder in my resurrected body, do I get the dreads? I hope so. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't say anything about that. But like in the resurrected body, like you get the same body back. And so the beauty is, is it, like, there's this realization that God, the church is a multi-ethnic entity. And I'm here to tell you on a, a Lord's Day, on a Sunday, all over the globe, there are people gathered together in his name. Almost every religion is homogenized to one ethnicity except Christianity. And God has a passion for the nations. You don't believe me? Remember the Great Commission? I'm going to read it to you. Matthew 28, verses 16 and following. But really, you know, Jesus picks it up. Or in 18, it says this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of what? All nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all these things that I command you. And lo, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Make disciples of every nation. And what's amazing, in the Greek language, it's pantata ethne, which is the broadest term for all the peoples. It's like, and we've talked about this before, the Great Commission, it's got one imperative, and then three subordinate clauses. And the imperative, the most important, is make disciples of every nation. And we do it by going, baptizing, and teaching. That's the way that, that it lays out. So God's plan, make disciples of all the people, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And you do it by going, baptizing, and teaching. And it's why so much of what we do as a church, it's, it's geared because we realize that in heaven, Jesus is being praised for redeeming people of all stripes, all styles, all backgrounds, all places they were born, different families and different, different ways that they were raised, different foods that they ate, different structures of the society they lived in, all of them redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And for all the nations, it says that Jesus has made us kings and priests to our gods and we shall reign on the earth. Now, I love this because in a lot of ways, this really shows the result of redemption is that we get to be kings and priests. And it means kings and queens. The idea is that we get to be royalty because Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we get to be this priesthood of all believers, which means that all of us have a function in the kingdom of God to bring the Lord before people and stand before the Lord in the name of people. That was the priest's job. They stood before God in the name of the people and they stood before the people in the name of God. And each person, each person, we all have that same role. Our job is to stand before the people in our jobs and in our neighborhoods and our families and we do it in the name of Jesus as his body. And then we also stand before God Poor people, in intercession, in prayer. And of course, we have this earthly reign. Now, when we get to the book of Revelation, this will make more sense. You're like, I don't want to reign on the earth. I want to go to heaven. It's like, guess what? 
We're going to get back here on earth for a while and get to hang out with Jesus in the millennial kingdom. We'll talk about that. We got a little time to get there. So just see that out there for you and you can think about it later. Now look at what happens next. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, really what this teaches us here, and it's so cool, is that really what we learn is worthy is the lamb. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. But notice the multitude now. We've already seen the the living creatures. We've seen the 24 elders. Right, But now, all of a sudden, there's a whole lot more going on. I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. So John, this is an expanding group. Now, this was found. The number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now, where's our math teachers? Anyone doing some quick math? Now, here's what John is saying. John is saying that this number is so innumerable, it's not meant to be counted. Because I don't want anyone to leave here. Oh, say 10,000 times 10,000, that's 100 million and thousands of thousands, so... You know, a hundred million and two thousand. Like, it's designed to be. This is an innumerable host of angels now. So we see we see these four living creatures, but now there's this huge host of angels, and this host of angels is praising in a loud voice. They're saying, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain." And that lamb who was slain is worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, what's so powerful about this is these qualities are intrinsic qualities. These are not things that Jesus needs to get from us. They are praising Jesus for who he already is. Now, remember I talked to you about the purpose of life is for the revelation of Jesus to be to us and in us and through us. What we learn as we receive this continuing revelation of who Jesus is, is we get deeper and deeper in all these different characteristics of who Jesus is. These different qualities that he has always had that we might not be aware of. And so when you look at this list, Jesus is all powerful. Only Jesus can conquer sin and death. Jesus has great wealth. Now, I know because we're living in a material world and you're all material girls and boys, we always think of riches like, man, God's like wealthy. And the idea here is, is God's riches is in the inheritance in the people of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Like, you're Jesus's inheritance. Go read Psalm 2. God says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. There it is again. I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Jesus has the riches. And let's be honest. The true riches are in relationships, aren't they? If you boil it all down, like, don't get me wrong. Maybe a little extra money might help when gas prices are like 900,000 Bitcoin a gallon or whatever. But real, real riches are in relationships. Because what's amazing, I was just talking to someone about this, newly married. And you realize that when you're, when you're newly married, especially when you're young, it's like you're just getting started. Like most newly married couples are just flat out broke. You're like scraping two pennies together to try and go out to eat or something. And it's, and it's hard. But really, it's in those times because you're together 
that really the relationships grow. And then as you get more established in your careers and all these different things, and things change over time. But what's amazing is, is even when Lynn and I look back at, at our most impoverished days, and I mean, we, Lynn and I have those stories where we get invited over to someone's house when we first got married and like, oh, bring over avocados, you know? And like, we're like, we don't have any money. So we, we, we literally went into like the pantry. We pulled out like canned foods, brought them back to the store and traded them for avocados. Like, as so we have, like, those were like our early days as being married was like that. But what was so beautiful is as poor as we were, because we were together, it was beautiful and fun even. And sometimes we miss when everything was like, man, how's that going to work out? Why? Because the real riches are in relationships. Because relationships, people are eternal. I'm here to tell you, a bigger house is not real riches. It's really not. Just more to clean. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, and don't get me wrong. Having more to clean is fun, except when you got to clean it. Like, and so really the riches are in relationships and Jesus has great, and the greatest relationship you and I get to have is actually with Jesus. Like he's closer than a brother. He knows you better than anybody. He knows you better than you know yourself. That's why it's like, you know, if you have Jesus, you have everything. Because you have Jesus. Really, he has you, but like we get to have a relationship with him. Wisdom, oh, I love that. Jesus is the ultimate wise guy. And I don't mean that in like a mob movie kind of way. Jesus has all wisdom. He is all wisdom. Jesus is really the personification of wisdom. You'll read it in the book of Proverbs. Where this whole thing, it's like wisdom's like a person. It's, yeah, it's Jesus. And the Bible says, if any of us lack wisdom, we could ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. That's in James chapter one. All strength, I love that. Brothers and sisters, in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect because at the moment you realize you can't do it, you get to tap into the one who can. And what is so strange about my experience with the strength of God is that I have this tendency to want to exhaust myself trying to figure out if I can do it or not, only to realize I never could do it in the first place. So I'm like the guy who's like exhausted trying to do everything. The Lord's like, hey, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect, Fusco. So why don't we just start with that? You know, rather than you like, I'm going to do all this stuff, Lord. It's like, no, it's like, see, when you get to the end of your resources, that's when the real resources begin. So we need to start learning how to start with his resources. See, God loves it when we're weak, not because God wants to make fun of us, because he realizes that the real life that we want are not at the end of what we can do, but at the end of what he wants to do. And so we have this, Jesus has got all of the strength, all the honor. I love that. All the esteem is Jesus's. We live in a culture that loves honor. If you don't believe me, every other day there's like an award show for somebody. You ever notice that? You know, my daughter Maranatha, I told you she's graduating from middle school and they gave out awards. They gave out like 900,000 awards for like 13 kids. I was like, man, just give them all. Just say, listen, Jesus loves you guys. I'm happy you made it through, you know? But what's so beautiful is that really all the honor is his. It's why the elders, everyone's casting their crowns before the Lord. They're prostrating themselves before the Lord. All the glory is his. God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Why? Because none of us are worthy of it. Brothers and sisters, my favorite verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Because the fact that we're here with breath in our lungs, even if it's been the worst day of our lives, is still to his glory because he created us, he sustains us, 
He is for us and not against us. He has empowered us. And remember, we talked about like living our lives with the revelation of Jesus. We are constantly simply responding to Jesus by glorifying him, magnifying him, making much of him, declaring the power of who he is and what he is doing. And then what's interesting is out of all the qualities, only the last one is something that we actually get get to play a part in. See, all blessings are Jesus's because he's the anointed one. But we get the opportunity like these angels, like this multitude in heaven, we get the opportunity of joining in and blessing God, praising God. This is how it says it in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16 says, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, I love that because the writer to the Hebrews puts together, listen, we have to constantly be praising God. We're, we're letting the fruit of our lips, the harvest of what comes out of our mouths, right? We give thanks to his name, but we also give him the sacrifice of praise, but don't forget to do good and to share. For with Such sacrifices, God is well pleased. It's not only about praising with words, it's about praising with our lives and with our actions. And brothers and sisters, God is glorified. He is blessed. Not only we say, God, I praise your name. God, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, come and lead me. All the different things that we're singing. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, all these songs we sang today. We praise God and then we go and we do good and we share. Now there's one more little praise chorus here at the end of... Revelation chapter five, look at what it says. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. What I love about this is we've been seeing the song of the four living creatures, the song of the 24 elders. We've been seeing, you know, the song of this multitude. We see the 24 elders and the four living creatures. And now we see the song of everything. And I will tell you to you this way, my friends, what this teaches us is that all creation praises God. All of creation, every creature which is in heaven, which is on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that is it. So like, listen, you got guppies praising God. The birds are praising God. All the animals, everything that's redeemed in heaven, everything that's on earth, everything that's on, all of it is praising God. Because listen to the praise chorus here. It's so beautiful. Blessings and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. All of creation praises our God. Jesus is real. We get to join the angels in heaven praising God. What an incredible blessing that is, right? Pastor Daniel shared today more about what will be happening in the end times. And it's more and more worship. It's praise to the Lamb who was sacrificed for you to have new life. And the Bible invites all of creation every nation to join in with this chorus of praise. But you don't have to wait until heaven. 
The worship can begin right now as you think about the incredible gift you've been given. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel brings us to a time of judgment in the book of Revelation. It's an event that's coming. We don't know when, we don't know exactly how, but we know it will happen. God has been patient with this world, giving us time to repent. But one day, that's coming to an end. Well, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.